Hello, and welcome to Mindful You at Naropa, a podcast presented by Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado. I'm your host, David Devine, and it's a pleasure to welcome you. Joining the best of Eastern and Western educational traditions, Naropa is the birthplace of the modern mindfulness movement. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mindful You podcast. Today, we have a very special guest in the studio with us, Dr. E. Tef, also known as DJ Kavum. He is a celebrity DJ, vegan chef, public speaker, an educator, music producer, organic gardener, and also an environmental and food justice activist. In 2012, he studied indigenous agriculture and agronomy at the Makareri University in Uganda. He received his honorary PhD in urban ecology in 2017 from the Denver Institute of Urban Studies and Adult College. He is here today because he is a guest speaker at the Neuro Community. So we welcome him to the podcast. So how are you doing today? Peace and love. What's happening? <laughs> Namaste. What's happening? It's going good, man. Peace and love. Like today's beautiful day. The vibe's beautiful. I'm really yeah. stoked to have you in the studio. Yeah, man. You know, I just uh, floated out of the sky like a dove today, man, because <laughs> it's so blue and so gorgeous out. Like, I was like, wow, man. Like, you know, last time I was in Colorado, it was snowing, so it feels good to be back on, the, you know, on the solid ground. Yeah. Without the slush. Yeah, we don't want the slush sometimes. I actually, like, saw you a couple years back, and I was really digging your vibe. You were talking to the Neuropi community a couple years ago, and it was just really cool to see what you're about with the environmental studies and you have a PhD from a different country altogether. You're just like such a unique person and it's really interesting to like dive into the, all this content with you today. So yeah, well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing I'm thinking about. It's like fellow DJ. So we're both DJ. So honestly, you're the first DJ I got to interview. Vibes. So we might be able to like chop some things up that no, I don't get to ask normal people. Oh man, let's go then. Yeah. All right. All right. So to start, you're invited to the Naropa community to speak. And I'm just curious, what is it you're going to speak about? And what are you going to do with the Naropa community while you're here? Well, you know, I came to absorb and give back and, you know, cross-pollinate with each other. You know, I feel like it's important when we use the ideas of art to talk about sustainability or like food justice or, you know, equality in some form of way, right? My focus right now over the years, I've been on the front line, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it was like Students for Justice or, you know, the Justice for Janitors or, you know, being on the front line just in general, you know, not just for, you know, environment, but for climate action and just for women's rights. And you think about these conversations around um, culinary climate action, you know, how we're we using food to address the issues of climate change, you know, being an MC dropping albums, you know, we have a big responsibility. You know what I'm saying? We're here to inform the people, you know, with us, what's happening in the world, you know? So I decided to just dedicate my music to talk about issues that are facing not only the planet, but the people and the animals, the birds and the bees and the trees, you <laughs> dig, you know? I do dig. Yeah, I, I, feel, like, I feel like the, the neighborhood Lorax sometimes. <laughs> the Lorax, okay. On wax, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, we know what that's like. I mean, from what you just said, it sounds like you have a lot of 
work that you do with educators and schools. So do you go to a lot of schools and talk to them? Because obviously you're here today with the university. Do you go to other universities and chat? You know, it's a, it's a beautiful opportunity to come here to Naropa because I think about just the access that's being created around just deeper esoteric knowledge, metaphysics, you know what I mean, spirituality, you know, a lot of things that are, you know, not really as common when you see in, like, the average universities. So um, I've had opportunities, you know, to speak at, like, UC Irvine and, like, the Agricultural Department for, like, Tuskegee University and things like that. But, you know, it keeps going on and on. I can go down the line of other, other schools, but, you know, the thing about it, I love how unique this one is, you know what I mean? Like the fact that, you know, Boulder is such a healing space for, you know, a lot of people who come here, not only just to, you know, to deepen their practice in yoga and the thought process and the, the teachings of the Buddha. I think that um, you'll see a lot of that happening just within the culture and how people come here to just study this self-awareness, you know what I'm saying? Studying the stars, studying the earthquakes, Boulder just attracts, like, all this earth study geology energy that um I dig it, you know what I mean? So I feel at home, especially when I'm, you know, I'm from Denver, but, you know, coming closer to the mountains is like, shh, it feels, it feels beautiful, you know? Yeah, as Trunk Pub would say, it's like the magic where the plains meet the mountains. You know, it's like an intersecting point. Also, we're definitely esoteric. Like, I know what you're saying. Like, I, I remember coming here 10 years ago and being like, oh, boy, I didn't realize it was this cool you know yeah you can talk anunnaki you can talk dogons you can you can yeah. talk geometry of the ancestors and people are just they're, they're with you with here and i mean we just had like a yoga instructions and we also do like psychedelic therapy institutions exactly and you kind of don't get that at generic institutions so yeah before we started our podcast you go by dj Kavum and I just thought that was like a name you had, but apparently it means so much more. And I'm curious, can you tell our listeners what that means? Yeah, it's an acronym. It stands for Communicating Awareness, Victoriously Educating the Masses. And motivation is, is the crew, you know, that's what we do. We motivate each other. So, you know, my, my name, multiple names I have, you know what I mean? But when I think about the style and the culture of hip hop, you know, it's always about when you got a rhyme, you always start off with your name. You start off with your crew, you know what I mean? And, and you you show what you're all about through your skills. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, it's been an interesting time watching people transform. It's not just about breakdancing anymore. It's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop this year itself. And so we're thinking about how that culture has progressed into this multi-billion dollar industry where a lot of that has been sex, drugs, and violence. You know, so when you can push, you know, food, clothing, and shelter and, like, you know, beets, kale, broccoli, and, you know, roots, beans, and greens, and, you know. I just listened to wheatgrass before you came over. Yeah, man. And and that's the goal there. You know, the the goal is to continue to um, redefine the image of wealth. You know, I think it's very important when we see these companies going green, especially the ones that we chastise for not going green. We got to celebrate. Because otherwise they're going to be like, we tried that stuff and you guys didn't buy that stuff. And it's like, then it's our responsibility to redefine the image of what it means to be cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, composting, you know, wearing like, you know, the the hemp outfits and like, you know, the, you know, the the geo fitted 
you know, you know, flashy this and like carrying you know, your own water bottle you know to yoga class. You know what I mean? And like, if if there has yeah. to be like, if it has to go to the point to where we understand that culture transforms through our ideas of affluence because we all want to have a better life. If that's mind, body, in a physical sense, if it's in the the mental sense, the spiritual sense, a lot of people always see the spiritual sense reflect the physical, and so. Yeah, man, uh, this is a good time where we get to celebrate, you know, the the exotic muscle cars going going EV. You know what I mean? We get to see this transformation of all the things that we've been asking about. Let's let's go green in some form of way. This is not just a squiggly light bulb era. We're in the the age of people care about geothermal. Yeah, squiggly light bulb. I like that. So I I really like the idea of what you just said of of making it cool to be environmentally aware and conscious because I think our age group, it is cool, but it also is an authority that we need to step up to and to kind of like show kids that growing your own food, not only is it exciting, it's healthy, it's fun. It gets you like in the ground. It gets you a relationship with earth and nature and your health. So it's like, I don't feel as though it's easy to brand a message to to the youth sometimes unless it does feel cool and exciting and something to do. And so the fact that you have this lens in which you can look through to like, like, hey, this could be fun as well. And it's also beneficial for you. I really like that vision that you have. Oh, you know, thanks, man. Uh, I am because, you know, we are, we are because they were, you know. So it is, like I said, like, you know, a lot of my elders who I look up to, of course, you know, the musicians... In the record label industry, might get that one-off when they get a chance to talk about something real, and it has to be on time of like a a public event, you know, some kind of like critical mass that happens around gathering and galvanizing people around the feeling of you know some like current event. And um, shout out to KRS One for dropping beef. Shout out to. A tribe called Quest dropping like green eggs and ham and dead press dropping be healthy and you know just these ideas of when they wanted to have more of course there could there could be a way where you don't really see it in the, the beginning of the light but there's always there was always that one song by Marvin Gaye that talked about you know mercury in a in the sea you know what I'm saying you know what I mean so mercy me right so for the power of music being able to influence people, if we can do it on a consistent level, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's the vibe. And shout out to Mostef and Black man, Star and man, all that. Man, you know, Black Gold. That was that was a powerful song by Quali, you know, about yeah. the petroleum industry and it, it continues to go, you know, New World Water. So yeah, Yasin is there's there's a lot of influences that um that have a big goal in like continuing this um this flame and fanning the flame of environmental hip-hop, eco-hip-hop, you know. I've been vegan for over 28 years, and I remember going to, you know, just the Asian markets just to find, like, you know, the Denver tofu and, you know, just the classic stuff, like, you know, rice milk. I'll go back to the rice milk days, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, nowadays you can throw a rock and find a veggie burger, you know? I feel like, you know, culture and hip-hop, have played a big role in this. Yep. And those mm-hmm. are the things to think about, like how um, we can continue to redefine that through food, and foodies do that a lot, especially in the chefs. You know, chefs got to, we got to help people understand, like, 
what's available, what's in season, and uh, when to stop, when to boycott. Yeah, and I came across a lot of people talking about eat within the season because like our, our bodies shift with the seasonal changes, so it might as well eat within those seasons. So I like hearing that. I mean, you're coming as a chef too, so you have was it 28 years of vegan and then you're also a chef so you have like a lot of experience yeah yeah. there's a lot of knowledge in you grateful grateful yeah recently i've been working with uh james beard um foundation um seeing like how their connection and like the whole culinary world has a big impact but they still are doing their best so finding those local sustainable organic plant-based chefs to acknowledge in the more professional world as well too so okay so you have this like environmental justice lens you have a hip-hop producer music dj lens and then you also have like a vegan culinary earth justice field going on and what i'm wondering is you grew up in denver five points area which is fairly close to boulder you know you're we're kind of like neighbors in a sense and yeah about denver, 40, 40, 45 minutes away yeah. it's not, not too far you know non-traffic yeah, your quotes so what i was wondering how has growing up in denver inspired you with the music and also the environmental work that you do because it's very kind of like a unique combination that you have and it's very inspiring but i'm curious how did denver influence you like the place you grew up with maybe your oh, friends man. that you had well yeah i mean that's a. Uh... Great question. When I think about the fact that it's uh, National Poetry Month right now, I grew up around poets, pretty much raised around poets. Um, my mother started a poetry venue back in like 1997 that went all the way up until about like maybe, it's, it's actually it's still going. It's called Cafe Nuba, known as Slam Nuba, and they have these huge poetry slam championships that they do, you know, year-round. And um, just the whole concept of just being raised around um, people who write, you know what I mean? Graffiti writers and, you know, poets and musicians. And my father was a musician. He still, he still, he still plays. He's a photographer as well, so probably where I get that from. But I think about the concept of multimedia, you know, I've been able to kind of stretch my mediums as much as possible to like artists and residencies and painting and moving across from different perspectives. And uh, a lot of that is because the community I grew up around, you know, like uh, a lot of great elders like Brother Jeff and Opalanga Pugh and uh, Cleo Parker Robinson. These are some of the people who are like forefront pillars of like my community and then having them be able to mentor me as I grow. That was, um, that's a big part. And so I love going back to those centers and, you know, doing whatever I have to do. So yeah, Denver's always going to be a beautiful place, but it's where I got my, that's where I started my farmer's market, you know, career, working with Mo Better Green and Beverly Grand. You know, my children, I have three daughters, all born in the five points, you know, all, all on full moons, you know, all in water. You know, I deliver, I deliver them all myself. I, I think about this all the time. Waterburst is pretty epic. Yeah, like, man. That's what you want to do. Lotus and all that jazz. Coming out of water, going into water. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing, you know? It's just like learning how to grow food, how to grow people, how to grow community. You know what I mean? You know, building drum circles. But also having, like, the, you know, the other aspect of that, too. You know, my youth was full of gangbanging and graffiti writing and just uh, that in and out of, you know, schools. And 
So those are the things that, like, when you have that beautiful weight of, like, transformation, that's what allows you to, like, grow into things that are, you know, greater than your past. Yeah, it's really good. It's easy to fall in line with what's around you at the time, and it's hard. And then I think that's why, again, you want to make learning environmental justice cool. I mean, culinary climate action, yeah. eco-hip-hop, composting, <laughs> recycling. The, li- the list goes you on. You know, you can go down the line, you know what I mean? Shout out to Ron Finley, making a gangster, you know? And that's uh, that's what we need to do. We need to do something similar that is closer to biomimicry in our own language, you know what I mean? So I've heard you say this a couple times now, and I'm curious for our listeners. So on your website, and you said it, you say eco-hip-hop. Can you define it for us and for our listeners to let us know like what eco-hip-hop is? Because we know what eco-ecology is and we know what hip-hop is, but you're you're doing this like really cool thing where you're yeah, phasing yeah, them yeah. together. So yeah, I'm just yeah, curious, so how does that show up for you? No doubt. So environmental hip-hop, you know, it's the, the ideas of what we know to redefine the image of wealth and sustainability using hip-hop. That's exactly what it is. And so the eco, of course, is the environment. The hip-hop is the higher inner peace helping other people, the acronym. Also known as the intelligent movement, to be hip, and the hop is the movement. So we like using our mind to like transform the environment. Where words sound power through our words and our actions. You know, it's cool to just be able to like put this in perspective, but like, you know, there's 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 some rappers out there doing it. Like not everybody out here just dropping CDs, like, you know. I feel like we can transform our products, you know? So I, instead of me just doing, you know, another pair of shoes, I decided to drop a juicer. I decided to drop a packet of seeds for my album distribution. I decided to, like, you know, use my power as an artist and put my, my ideas of compostable material together, you know what I mean? And that's that's really where it's at, you know what I mean? Um. We can easily use food as medicine, but it's also good when you can you can teach people how to grow and not just give them something to eat. Yeah, it seems like a lot of your work is the teaching aspect, too. It seems like you can teach in many different ways. And not only, like, can you teach people how to cook and teach people how to be vegan and, like, what's good, what's not good, and, you know, what companies are good and climate change. I like how you infuse them all together. You know, you're doing hip-hop, but you're also talking about probably being a vegan and environmental justice within your hip-hop so you have yeah, this I mean, it's, a, it's a sense of like indigeneity you know what i mean we don't we we want to call it environmentalism but it's just really just like being in tune with the planet as many ways we want to say you know what i mean yeah it's you not know, an I mean, ism it's it's the way yeah, to be yeah i mean i think about us like you know we, we can call it climate change but you know last time i checked man Every time we hear about like this, it sounds like the planet be warming and shifting and giant floods be happening biblically and all this stuff. I'm like, all right, we just got to be a little bit more prepared mentally and physically strong, to, you know, to actually like rise with the tide and, you know, ride that wave until you hit the shore, baby. You know what I mean? But hopefully, you know, we don't get, you know, a beach in Colorado. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the goal, right? So, you know, the the growth of this is that there is a little bit of a hijack, you know what I mean? The environmental movement kind of got hijacked by the climate movement, and they don't really communicate clearly together because some of them are just scientists who are watching, you know, the stars and the ozone and the, the, the sea level rise. And, and they have people in the hood who are, like, watching, like, trash on the ground and pollution and deforestation and 
police brutality is, is an environmental issue, which is uh, a lot of that is tied into the effects of uh, environmental and economic, you know, weight. I can go down the line of food justice and the whole idea of food deserts and what that creates for people. A healthy mind is a healthy body, and when you got access to all of that, the whole green space and man, it transforms everything. So, yeah, man, there's a there's a deep connection in a spiral that happens when we um when we see how everything is impacted. You know what I'm saying? You know, not just not just the trees, but the bees, and you know, we got we got to think about them too. You know, what's interesting too is when we think about it, like scientists are so data driven that they're not in a community seeing what's actually, they, they're not experiencing food deserts. They can be like, oh, you know, like there's 12% food deserts in the United States. Like, what does that mean for the people who are living in the situation with the food desert? It's Talk, not fair. Talking to inner city youth in Denver, Colorado, about how much plastic is in the ocean. And they're going to look around and say, what ocean? But if you talk to them about the landfills that their homes are being built on, that transforms everything. You talk about environmental racism and how they're impacted from, you know, uh, just things like just gas coming through your faucet. You know what I'm saying? You know, the whole idea is that we can transform through uh, policy and uh, action and just awareness, you know? And those are like the things that a lot of times that environmental awareness is so um the reason why i think it's it's losing its light is because who's it who, who's being impacted and when you think about from just that lens where like you know the dr ben chavez kind of style like environmental justice that's a different perspective from our you know our young sister greta you know what i mean which is it's the ocean you know it's just the sea level rise it is how that is going to affect everything and, and everybody at the same time and Acidity in the ocean can easily transform if we do compost, if we do start putting the carbon back into the soil in multiple ways and drawing it down from rooftop gardens and wall gardens and closet gardens. We're in Colorado. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I was like, closet? Oh, yeah. okay, I see. You know you. what I'm saying? So, like, do what you got to do to, like, you know, get, get on the sprout tip because we have to use our microbiotic health, you know what I mean, to transform. I think our health is a big part of how we... uh are helping the environment too. If we choose to eat healthy, we know that we actually eat more chlorophyll in food. Then, like, it's, it's a it's a geyser effect of consciousness of like, you know, we go up and down. And I think it's like the king tide. We just gotta be ready. I really do think that's important. Is the food you eat is like a mental health situation too. You just want to be on that, but it's not like something we're taught very often. You know, you probably had to go to college to learn some of these advanced techniques. Where it's just like health yeah, I mean, health should be like standard i mean it's an interesting perspective you know health is different everywhere else you know um me growing up when i looked at the diagram you know of the human body and never ever looked like me so there's a lack of diversity in the medical industry so I, I got a lot of my knowledge from rosters i didn't really understand what the word vegan was for the long world you know i thought it was just all ital so I thought about from that perspective of, like, my plant-based lifestyle was, you know, kind of created from this, like, indigenous, Afro-indigenous perspective of the Bushman mentality, you know. And I think about it, uh, how healing that was for just my biological makeup, you know. Most people nowadays, they call that the Sebi diet. 
the teachings of Queen Afua or Dick Gregory or Lalia Africa. There's a lot of great healers who like have these books out, you know, like the African Holistic Health. I had that book in the 80s. It's full of just all of these remedies and, you know, drink this, eat this, and it does this. <laughs> and it worked. And like, so those are the things that like when you start to know thyself and knowledge yourself, you know, um, in multiple ways, you know, um, you have to heal the mind and the body will follow, you know. Yep. Totally on board with that. So I feel like you've sort of answered this a little bit, but I'm going to ask this question, see if there's like anything else in there. So I'm noticing within your work that you focus on the importance of the environment and how we can, you know, better ourselves and better the environment around us. But what I'm interested is it, it's not just the environment that we think about as earth, but we also think about like our environment of our body, our environment of our minds. So environment can kind of not just be the thing we stand on or experience when we go outside. And I'm curious, why is that important to understand there's multiple environments to work with than it just being like the one outside that's the ground or the I mean, earth? yeah, that's, that's, that's in general, you know, shout out to my crew, you know, um, my my ancestors, uh, Afro Cherokee, you know, Lakota Sioux, Blackfoot, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, it's going down. You walk up in the houses, you getting smudged down with some Palo Santo or some sage or something. The environment, you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, I was raised around black families, so you can't even sit on the bed with your outside clothes. You have to like change your clothes. There's like a whole nother idea of, like, not just taking off your shoes, but, like, just the spirit. You know, there's certain ways that we speak around our elders. It's the same way that you should speak around your home. It's your sacred space. I'm a guy, I sleep nude, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like confinement in my dreams, you know what I'm saying? Like, the energy around the environment is so important, you know. Uh, it's, and it's important to create it, too. You know, you put the snake plants in your, in your house, you can get the great oxygen, and they, and they help you. And, like, everything goes back with just, you know, the salt lamps and the flowers outside, you know, the birds who sing back to you because you keep the bowl of water full for them, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a, it's a relationship. Like, you do this and this happens. So I, that's what I know it's about it, too. You build a garden that's open to the public, everybody's going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Crime rate goes down. You know what I mean? The, the experience, the life, the biodiversity that happens, for, you know, all because you've built a garden. You know what I mean? And that's why, you know, people like Will Allen and Ron Finley and the East Side Growers and you know, South Central Farmers, you know, Collective and all the all the people who have been at the forefront of, like, really trying to create brave space we have enough safe space brave space brave space. i haven't heard that one yet yeah shout out to this to to my crew over at cupalo okay you know what i mean i think i like where this is going though yeah man because you gotta like you gotta be brave like you know what i mean to like keep planting stuff and like in soil that that wasn't there you know you know when you when you got to do soil testing and check for the mercury and you know what i mean you you put down a 20 by 20 plot and you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, just topsoil just to be able to grow for your community. That's that's brave, man. It's brave to, to continue to grow when you know it might get picked. You know what I'm saying? And that's um, that's a, that's a beautiful thing, you know? You know, if you love a flower enough to just let it grow instead of picking it. Shout out to Siddhartha. 
our homie. Here he is. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks to the the mushrooms and the boombox. Man, see, we got know? the vibe. So okay, this is a little bit more music based. So I saw that you worked with Stickman from Dead Prez. Yeah, and uh, what was it? The song was called Wheatgrass. Yeah, that was the song yeah, you worked yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Stickman and uh, Doodlebug from Diggable Planets, both nice. on that song. Okay, there you go. And I just wanted to say, so I come from like Los Angeles, the West Coast, and I grew up with Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. I had the cassette tape, you know, like that's how. Oh yeah. That's how far we go. And when I first heard Dead Press, they blew me away because I was not prepared for like conscious hip hop. I just was so used to, oh, the you gangsta, know, gangsta. sipping on gin and you know what I mean, like. Yeah. It was a bit different back then. And when I heard Dead Prez, he's talking about like eating greens and being healthy and like playing chess for your mind and like supporting the women in your culture. And I was just like, dude, this is different. And they're like, the beats are hard as fuck too. And yeah, it's like, man. Yeah, it was that, good. That was stick on those beats, man. And I was just like so into it. And um, it was just so healthy and refreshing to me to hear that. But I listened to a couple of your jams too, and you had that same vibe. You have that like speaking truth, saying what's up. You got facts, you got knowledge, you have experience, you have all these different things, and like your beats are hard and they hit really well. And it's like you kind of have this early 90s. I feel like hip hop was so pure back then. You have like this early 90s vibe and style, and I really liked it. And what I'm wondering is how important is it to use the application of music? to teach kids and or people these techniques and these things that you're sharing, you know, with, you have a PhD, you super, you know what you're doing. So it's, it's pretty dope that you can like have this message that you can give to a bigger audience. But how important is that to use hip hop in mean, producing? I found it very important to use hip hop as a tool to talk about not only sustainability, but just, you know, keeping it real, you know? It could just be about the things that we love, you know what I'm saying? It can be about our experiences. For me, it's lifestyle. You know, some people grew up on the streets, and so they talk about the street life. Me, I was in the farmer's market, so I talk about being in a farmer's market, you know what I mean? Like, wrote this song called, um, it's called Garden Snakes, working on it with um, the homie Trev Rich and uh, this, uh, this brother named Murs from the Living Legends. And the verse goes, um, garden snakes out, garden snakes out. Pocket full of greens, watch your big mouth. We got terminated seeds, take your lights out. I'ma sell a lot of greens, watch me break out. Always on the phone, always on the phone. CSA on track, got another home. All the farmers on the block got that skin tone, so I'ma post up on the market till it's all gone. Like, just different different ways of articulating of being at a farmer's market. That's the goal there, right? That's the that's the the mantra is to to see, you know, that our gang signs are mutras. You know what I mean? That everything is sacred. There's purpose in tribalism, you know, there's purpose in identity. Some people just have to, you know, have a um a way to deepen their heart. And they do that through showing what they love. And sometimes that's their community. Sometimes it's, you know, their their plants, their cats. You know, some people really celebrate their cats. They got Instagram pages for them and all that, you know. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, as we continue to love culture, and yeah, man. We love the cats. 
Yeah, man. We we we, we continue to uplift. felines, you know. We uplift. We uplift the ones who love us back. We as artists, we rely on going where we're celebrated, especially um, when you have to deal with going places where you're just tolerated and stuff. You know, just like just being. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go. You know, there. like unless unless the message is that potent. That's why the yeah. arts has it's like the lifestyle. So it's like even for environmental artists, like you look at it from a perspective of like affluence, there's a lot of humbleness in it. You know, a lot of them are coming out of like this post anti capitalist mentality. So when when it starts to come down to the mentality of how do we grow our community, there's struggle there. So I, I love to encourage artists and activists out there who are you know, thinking about pursuing environmental arts or just pursuing the arts to talk about mission-driven perspectives when you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. It's kind of like getting government grants and then talking about the government, you know, or chastising them when they don't do right, you know. And so those are the things uh, to think about is that you have to be financially aware through so many different levels of not just through your creating your products or your art, you know, create your a way to reach people, um, build that fan base through email lists, having like a deep connection with like your physical health. So, you know, it doesn't come in between like your way to present. When I mean that, man, like that stuff will take you far. You know what I mean? Like that's just, you just got to continue to be productive and that, that creation will, has to, you got to think like a perennial, yo, you know, you got to continue to grow. Yeah, I really like that too. Have okay. Have you ever heard of the HLF, the Holistic Life Foundation? Nah, it sounds cool though. It is cool. It's, so it's actually a couple friends of mine. There's three guys. They're from Baltimore. They teach inner city kids meditation and mindfulness, and they have this like whole organization. But like, you guys need to meet. You guys have a different way of displaying your information. You're a little bit more healthy based. They're like yoga mudras. They're all yoga based and meditation. But I think you guys would vibe so hard. Yeah, that's what's up. I've been doing yoga Same since I was six years old, man. Jeez, okay. So, like, yeah, I just left Kripalo uh, Yoga Retreat Center, you know what I mean, deepening my practice and following up on that teacher teacher certification. and So know. many dimensions to your geode. Well, like yeah. You turn it a different way, the, you get shiny. Yeah, yeah, your health, you know your mean? health is wealth, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I said, you know, like, you know, my health care looks like a blender, a yoga mat, and a juicer. And a dehydrator occasionally, and a, and a cutting board, and and you know, so the things are, they continue to change as we as we gain access and awareness, you know. Okay, I would say mine's a blender, a drum set, and occasional alone time. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, seclusion. I dig, I dig that. You know, tigers walk alone, man. You're the tiger, son. How that feels? That's right. So I'm noticing there are so many different varying messages when it comes to music some have like good intentions and others not so much i'm wondering why is it important to have music as a platform to be using for the messaging that you're doing because you do you know you do talks you do speaking arrangements but you also have like a musical side to you but you also kind of infuse the information that you give to people with the music and do people hear you more when it's being distributed through the music instead of like a talk about cooking some vegan food or like a talk about 
showing up to the garden or whatever? Like, do people hear the message more when it's in a musical setting? I think it all depends. I feel like people hear me more when I'm definitely cooking. You know, anytime I did an event on a college campus and I just yell out free pizza, you know, people are going to show up, you know? So free food. Do you tell them it's vegan free pizza? Oh, man, of course it's going to be vegan, man. (laughs) Of course it's going to be coming straight from City O City, you know what I mean? And That's good pizza, too. Hey, man, between them and Piante's and everybody's people's, and I can't keep up, man. Like, there's there's so much. Like I said, like, back in the day, it was was, was slim pickings, man. Now Now you go a couple. Yeah, man, everybody, everybody Mm -hmm. got something I can can get down with, man. You know how many times I had to walk into a restaurant and ask for the cutting board and just give me a knife and and, and some bib lettuce and I'm just going to get some olive oil. Yeah, so the simplicity is is not like that, but yeah, man, I I do like the I do like the fact that it's it's cool now, you know. It's a, it's it's an open it's an open game for everyone, you know. How are you inspired with the messages that you tend to speak about? What inspires you? Because you know, I could hear you music, and you inspire me. I can he- I can like I've actually seen you with a blender. You know what I mean? So it was that was a couple years ago. And so I've seen you in those settings, but I'm curious, what inspires you? Man, the things that inspired me definitely uh, originally was being hungry. I love to eat. And so I love to grow food because I love to eat. And then I was like, you know, this is the best thing in the world. I'm going to write music about it, you know? And um, I took that stuff so seriously, bro. You know what I'm saying? I got an echinacea tattooed on my arm, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's for life. I feel you. <laughs> so, like, yeah, man, it's, it's a good vibe, you know, as far as, like, the things that I take seriously, the things that I appreciate, like, you know, my mentors, you know, Chef Brian Terry and Gail Simmons, Ron Finley, Erica Allen, my mother, Shara Ekundayo, people will be putting in work. I see them putting in work in the dirt. That's that's really what I, that's what I look up to. You know what I mean? Like when it comes down to like the things that inspire me. These, you know, the kids. You know what I mean? When you can get seventy kids to sing about brown rice and broccoli, you're doing your job. You know what I'm saying? And and that's why I realize what it is. You know, the younger they are, the the dirtier they're willing to get. You know what I'm saying? Middle school, they're just hungry, all the time. High school, they want to know where the money's at, and they don't want to mess up their J's. Are you talking about the kids, or are you talking about the executive the, 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 principals? The kids, the, kid, the okay. kids, the kids. High schools have, are worried about where their money is. They 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 worried about it. Yo, if you go in in there and you talking about you got to you talk about you got any kind of occupation, they want to know what you making. You know, it's interesting enough when I was talking about sustainability with students, a lot of them were really into the whole horticulture, permaculture perspective to become bud tenders and go into the dispensary industry. I was like, all right, that's that's great. You know, um, that you're thinking about plant based medicines. I was like, you know, there's a lot of other plant based medicines out there, not just that one. I was like, have you heard of ashwagandha? Yeah, you know I, mean? I was like, there's yeah. I, have you have you have you tried this? Have you tried that? Like, you know, like trying to get kids into understand about stones and. You know, crystals and yeah, like <laughs> just like mycelium other, medicine. Oh man, just in in general, if they just understood just um that they're loved first and that they reflect the sun, you know what I mean, and that their tears are made of diamonds and like just how delicate and like you know that they are. I think that I think that that's will that's what's gonna change their mind. They have to just feel like they're a part of some. Some important stuff, man. Something that's important, something that's big. And then from there, 
they, they, that's all they need. You know, when they know they roll, they'll do it. But they have to know what the role is. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they know they need to be up the water, the water. I mean, I got a lot of plants in my living room, and I always feel like they talk to me. Plants don't shut up. They're pretty vocal if you, if you can listen in. And most of the time, they're just saying, I love you. What's up? Ah. So, okay, here's something interesting is I noticed almost literally exactly a year from today, you released your concrete garden. Yeah, you, you released it on the uh, 422, and it's 418 today, so it's like almost a one-year anniversary for your album release. Yeah, it was an EP, man. I'm, I'm excited for that uh, full project uh, to get dropped. You know, um, The EP was amazing. Concrete Garden spelled with a K. You know what I mean? We had that popping at the McNichols Building, downtown Denver, Lowrider Bike Festival. We had Cholo Ass Vegan out there making like this, like, Cayenne grilled hibiscus flour. Oh my God. Ron Finley pulled up. You know what I'm saying? We had like all these like educators and garden garden school teachers from around the nation pulled up. We were partnering up with uh Sprouts and Dr. Browners in the city and Meow Wolf and it was like it was dope. You know what I mean? So, you know, doing something light this year. Doing something light this year. We're um celebrating you know, with, not only with family and friends, you know, here, you know, on the campus, but also going to be with Meow Wolf this year. So, and, you know, I think about what Concrete Garden means to me, man. Concrete Garden means to literally just grow out of the out of the earth, homie. You know what I'm saying? Like a dandelion. Unapologetically, you ain't pulling me out like straight up milk thistle in the middle of the concrete, like walkway. Like milk thistle at the bus stop. Like, the, like what? In your face like that. And that's, Concrete gardeners are, are, the, are the youth who are selling the kale chips on the corner. You know what I'm saying? These are the these are the inner city kids, you know what I'm saying, with the hoodies and the sprouts. And this is what I'm talking about. You know, I, I love the whole idea that if we really want rooftop gardens, then we know who's it's the, it's the inner city who's going to be growing it. And we have to think about what that looks like to transform and support these urban CSAs. Normalizing it through music was uh, my first... Um, First project outside of dropping the last album, the produce section, because I wanted people to meet me in the produce section, which we did a whole tour in the grocery stores across the nation doing so. Mm, that's awesome. So another thing I noticed was you gave people like a pack of seeds when they got the album. And I was thinking to myself, well, I guess that's another way to drop beats because you give them beats. But I was like, oh, you're just dropping beats for them. But like, do you ever do you ever get people like sending you Instagram photos of the seeds they grew and... Man, yeah, it's, it's, you know, if you can always go on my page, it's uh, just my first name, Etef, I-E-T-E-F, and people tag me all the time. I have a section on the bottom of the page called Biomimics. That's from the last project when I did Beats, Kale, and Arugula. It was amazing. So many people sent in pictures, and the most beautiful story that I ever heard was in Minneapolis, I met up with some urban farmers who came to like this young, uh, young urban gardeners growers collective or something like that. Like it was like this conference that was happening, and uh, this brother and sister that was uh, that was cool man. It was coming out of out of Minneapolis, St. Paul area. It's like the early. This is like 2019 December, right? Tell me, they already put it in the ground. Yo, by the time June came around and George Floyd was hit. The whole situation of that, they were able to have kale supplying in these co-ops 
during the whole time when they actually had the curfews and no food was coming in the cities. So just having like something revolutionary providing for community in the time of need is um, probably one of the most beautiful highlights of the Biomimics album. The whole goal to create biomimicry and literally feeding people in the time of revolution. Kale's ruthless. It'll grow in the snow. I, I had some Russian kale and it just would not go away. Kale's a beast. So Shout out to the kale. <laughs> all, the, all the Chris Syphilis, all the kales. Nice. I tend to go arugula. It's my favorite. Does it taste like peanut butter to you? I heard there's like a certain taste bud that people have that, you know how like, uh, what is it? There's like a certain herb that makes it taste like soap to certain people. Oh, yeah, cilantro. Yeah, cilantro can taste like soap to people, but I guess arugula can taste like peanut butter to some people. And I, I have that and people are like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, it tastes like peanut butter. I don't know what to say. Dang, that's crazy, yo. I'm going to have to go and put put my flavor to the test. Piece by piece, see if yeah, it gives so, you that vibe. Yeah, sometimes I'm thinking of like, oh, yeah, this uh, I smell like nail polish when, I like, when I'm randomly chopping like cilantro sometimes. I'm like... I'm nail gonna, polish? Yeah, it's Ooh. like, I don't know if that's just like a bad... <laughs> Bad juju energy. I need to like clear our rest. Is that like a COVID thing where COVID nah, messed up your I, smell? Or no, nah, never. Luckily enough, bruh, I never even got COVID. I think it's all the mullen and the, and the tea and the herbs and all that stuff. So I noticed we've been talking about it a little bit, but you have the ways you show up with shows, events, workshops, talks. You know, cooking situations, demonstrations, things like that. I even know also saw that you like even go to music festivals. So I'm sure you like are either doing like talks or even in musical performances. And like, these are all ways that you are able to show up to events. And, and I'm wondering, how do you get creative in these different ways of speaking your message to different communities? Because I'm sure, you know, maybe going to a school rally might be a different situation than if you're at like a university or if you're at a music festival. So there's different ways to convey the message. And I'm wondering... How do you conform to the specific event space that you're in? Well, you know, it's just like being a yoga instructor. You have to know when to pay attention and uh, make adjustments when needed, when you see things out of form. Or being a DJ, you got to know when to switch the song when you see it's either getting dull or people aren't vibing with that. And so uh, reading the crowd is important. Which most know? DJs don't understand sometimes because I've been in environments where I'm like, bro. Well, that's because some of them are on, they got playlists. And they're like yeah. keeping, they're like, they're sticking to their playlists. Hit like, the you know, play I, button. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah, DJ press play. We all know, we all know one. You know, but um, the culture is always going to be transforming. For me, I love speaking engagements. I love going to schools and doing full-on assemblies with a student body of like a middle school, high school, elementary school, or even a college. But the whole process of that is, I love using hip hop to talk about food justice, sustainability, composting. I love just going in and just dropping beats literally on um on a table and like making beats with vegetables and you know connecting that on a deeper level with people so that they understand you know about like how we're all electric and you know of course the culinary side of that is so much fun like you know we eat to live you know and you know food food, food is medicine shout out to you know Hippocrates for for the classic quote but we understand that um, it's not just that, you know what I mean? Like, it also is 
It's a part of the energy that we have. It's food is compost. You know, what I mean, food is the is is also our ticket towards addressing climate change. When we start to use our tools the right way, you know, what I'm saying you can step up in any arena. So if I'm coming in as a chef, as a business owner, as a CEO of a seed company, if I'm developing like ideas with my friends and family around Plantega, you know, Plantega was a uh, uh, idea brainchild during the pandemic of how we can give back to Ground Zero, the home of hip hop. So we're literally flipping bodegas in the middle of New York City to have plant-based options available, subsidized in the middle of the hood. And coming out of like, you know, you got that vegan butter you're paying six bucks for at whole paycheck, you can come to Plantega, you can get it for like three dollars. You know what I'm saying? And that's the goal is to make things available. And uh, we transformed the idea of what that is. So that all moved into like paying attention to the community. We read the crowd. People were like, well, we need something we can move with. So we made the vegan chopped cheese on the deli. You know what I'm saying? These are the things that you that you do to understand, you know, the needs of your community. So hip hop is is that that same level. Like I said, when you see these brands that we love and we chastise to, and we and we talk mad crap about when we see them doing wrong to the environment, but when we see them doing right, we need to celebrate them. We need to tell them that this is what we want. So we watch them continue to supply that demand. So these are the things that how we shift our culture. We redefine the image of wealth and we use hip hop to do it. I agree with that. The positive reinforcement. Because I think a company, it's so easy to just be like, oh, if a company's just doing whatever, you just don't say anything. But if they're doing a good job, I think it's good to celebrate that, to cheerlead that, to be like, hey. We do it with politicians all the time. Also, uh, you kind of brought a concern of the vegan butter, you know. Healthy food is expensive. It's not only is it sometimes hard to find in certain areas that you might be, you know, food deserty, but... that's just expensive. You know, like, dude, avocados? It, what? I mean, it all depends, man. You know, the price of cancer is expensive. You know what I mean? The, True. You know, uh, you know, a kidney. All that stuff that I hear people ask about when uh, when it's too late. You know, I think those things are definitely expensive. So we start thinking about it from a, a just level. You know, how do we want to give back to the future? Are we compromising the future for young people? Are we sitting here on some intergenerational tyranny to the to the point to where we just don't care. You know what I mean? Like, you know, those are things that I, I think about too, you know, as much as I want that 6 4 Impala gas guzzling, you know, hitting switches. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'll probably settle for the Tesla. With the V12, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, let's go. The, the Hellcat? EV, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, want to burn rubber, right? But, like, you know, the, the culture is, is changing us to where our our youth are asking for us to be more aware and the food is definitely changing. Uh, word on the street, there was 18,000 cows that just went up in flames in Texas last week and uh, in a barn fire. And so when we continue to perpetuate and support industries that do a lot of crazy stuff to be able to make dairy, that's one thing, but I'm not here to and on someone's yums. I'm not here to yuck a yum, but I'm definitely acknowledging the process that people don't want to go through to get those yums. And so I can walk into a classroom. I can chop up a cabbage 15 ways in front of 15 kids, and they'll be okay. But if I walk in there with a chicken and I cut that chicken five times, 
they're going to freak out because they're desensitized from the, where their food comes from. They're not supposed to know. And that's the problem. Yeah. If, if we don't want to do it in front of them, why, why, why feed it to them? And so those are the things I think about as being an urban farmer, being a garden counselor, being a teacher, being an educator. Like we have a responsibility. Us as musicians have a responsibility. People who are in the press to document the truth, to talk about the truth. You feel very qualified for truth. It's important. You know, I, I, feel, important. I feel a truth from you. And what's interesting is you're talking about a preventative. So it's like cancer is expensive. You're right, it is. And preventative medicine is eating organic. Yeah, you know, making, look, looking making ahead. It. Yeah, man. That's just why I became a chef, you know. It's and beautiful. Which is why I teach people how to cook food, you know. It's because I understand, like, I know what it's like, you know. I, I, I was doing these decolonize the kitchen recipes for resistance culinary climate action workshops uh, for a couple of years and working with my mentor, Chef Brian Terry, and we're doing some of them out at the Smithsonian in San Francisco at the Moad Museum of African Diaspora. Thinking about what that was for a lot of people, uh, it's still important, you know, this idea that we can use, you know, our food to address, you know, not only our, our, our ways of our health, but like how we're empowering each other through cooperative economics, you know, by Supporting those urban farmers in your community does give access and, you know, circulates the dollars. So, yeah, you know, we, we're not just flowing uh, this idea that we need to just go back to the to the canteens and the thrift store. But we really it's time to upscale. It's time to, like, transform and utilize the, 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 unused, the unused land. You know what I mean? Every square footage of your house could be you know assessed if the sunlight is going to hit it or not you know what i mean yeah we we can do like vertical gardens nowadays you too dig. tilapia ponds like let's Man, go shout out to jd all the squad i know over there up at uh you know colorado aquaponics and you know the the people over at um altius farms i shot a video over there at the sprout that life video tower garden man like you know there's so many different ways man you don't have to you don't have to be hungry. And when we communicate about how we can grow for ourselves and our friends, that's what it's all about. You know, we have to show what it looks like to um, to support each other. If your if your friend drops an album, go buy the album. If they drop, if they go, if they open up a restaurant, go support them. Our businesses, it's not even about the the e commerce part of it or not. They always have to be online and all jazz. You know what I'm saying? Just just go go be present. Go eat at your family's house and. And show them how dope it is that, you know, you know, this Colorado peaches be tasting, you know what I'm saying? It's be like that. Peonia. You know Them it. Peonia peaches. Awesome. Well, I feel like super inspired and I, I just like love your vibe and I love your message. And you're just, you, I mean, you're so knowledgeable. You, there's so many different ways that you can <laughs> cut a cabbage, I guess. It's really nice to hear. And um, before we take off, I was wondering... Could you just like maybe shout out your website or any like social media that you'd like? Maybe if you have any upcoming music or workshops, anything you'd like to share to our audience? Yeah. Thank you for having me. For more music, you can follow two things. Uh, one of them is my group, Sage and Cedar. That's the name of our group, Sage and Cedar. We have a song that we released called Smudge It Down. If you like Afro-Indigenous hip-hop, you know, I think you'll really vibe with that. And, of course, my new work, Concrete Garden, spelt with a K at the beginning, 
I think you'll really vibe with that. That's environmental hip-hop. That's music for your garden. From there, you'll learn a lot more about me on my website, which is chefetef.com. That's chefietef.com. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else under I-E-T-E-F. Thanks. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It was nice speaking with you. Peace and love. On behalf of the Naropa community, thank you for listening to Mindful You, the official podcast of Naropa University. Check us out at www.naropa.edu or follow us on social media for more updates.